I generally loved this show. Like I yeah. generally loved it. Yeah. I, like either like like I said, there are very many low points for me throughout the show. Yeah. And I just I feel like the it, highs are high enough that it doesn't really matter at the at the end of the day. Oh yeah. Hello everyone and welcome to Casual Experts Only. In this episode, I sat down with my friend Bryce and we discussed the Disney Plus original series, Obi-Wan Kenobi. I've had Bryce on the show before and I always have a fun time talking with him. Just so you're all aware, this episode was recorded in August, so anytime we mention the Andor series, we're talking about it in the future tense. Uh, speaking of Andor, the first few episodes are out now and... Just so you're aware, every Friday, me and Bryce will be coming out with kind of a breakdown of each episode. Uh, it's going to be coming out every week on Friday, basically until the Andor series is over. So be sure to check that out if you like this episode. And without further ado, here is the actual episode. Uh, today I'm joined by my friend Bryce. Uh, Hello. Thanks for, thanks for coming on the show. Of course. And yeah, we are talking Obi-Wan Kenobi. It's definitely, you know, uh, been a couple months. Well, it's probably been like, well, what, like a month since it ended, but... It's, um, yeah, like two months or something like that. I feel like there's been like a lot of just kind of mixed feelings and everything about it and like a lot of like intense <laughs> emotions and stuff when it first came out. So I don't know. I'm kind of glad that it let it like um, die down a little bit, but... Yeah. Yeah, so first off, just kind of your overall thoughts on the series as a whole before we get into the nitty-gritty details. I liked it. I thought it was probably... I can't really complain about it too much because yeah. it gave me everything that I wanted. Yeah. There was a few things that they added that, you know, don't really care for, don't really, you know, but I thought they did a fa fabulous job of, like, connecting the dots in between. Yeah. Um. And I also, you know, I just, I, I like the direction and I like, I like how they connected it. Yeah. I, yeah, I definitely agree. Like you said, it gave me pretty much everything that I wanted in this series. Like everything I expected and wanted. There's maybe like one or two things that I would have wanted that weren't in it, but we'll talk about that later. But um, I, I really think they just did a good job. Like at the, like the, the beginning and the end were like damn near perfect to me. Um, yeah. like I think the stuff in the middle, like wasn't, I don't think it was necessarily like bad or terrible, but it was definitely like up and down, I'd say, but the beginning and the end were just really like phenomenal and gave me everything I was looking for in this series for the most part. Okay. Yeah. Um, Fair. yeah. So before we get into like more of the details of the show itself, um, like we were talking a little bit before we started recording, but um, there was definitely some stuff going on with uh, Moses Ingram, uh, the actress who plays Reva. And so just kind of like from the very, pretty much even before this series came out, like the trailers came out and there was this interview that Moses Ingram gave. And she basically said that, that this is like the most uh, diverse Star Wars series. And, I, you know, I'm pretty sure she meant like actor wise, you know, most diverse cast. Yeah. Um, which, I mean, yeah, there's definitely an argument for that. Um, I think, you know, she, she, she was in it, um, Camille Nangiani was in it, yep. a few other people, um, the, one of the Inquisitors, I forget his name, but he was the guy who played Han in the Fast and Furious series. I mean, I kind of get where she, 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 she was coming from, but, like, immediately 
people started kind of taking that out of context and act, you know, like basically acting like she was saying she's like one of the only black people in Star Wars or like is the only black person in Star Wars or something, which was obviously not what she was saying. Yeah. But people kind of took that out of context and kind of started attacking her. Um, Welcome like, to the internet. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. And like this was before the this, this series even came out. Yeah. So it kind of seems like a lot of people already made up their minds about her character before the series even even premiered. And so unsurprisingly, you know, once it premiered, people were just kind of like looking for reasons to hate her character. Yeah. Um, but the actress herself was like actually receiving racist direct messages on Instagram that she like shared. Um, and like they were actually calling her the N word, uh, things like that. Um, like one specifically was basically like, you're not the only N word in Star Wars, you idiot or something like that. <laughs> and which is like I, terrible yeah, like why right like but it, i think what's even worse is the way people have been downplaying that um like yeah. a lot of star wars fans have kind of been like aligning themselves like i'm not saying all of them are like racist or have malicious intent you know some of them just i think gen- genuinely don't like the character or kind of have biases that they aren't quite aware of but like they kind of align themselves with people who are like actually racist um you know just because they both agree that oh reva sucks so like when that all that came out they were like i've seen people basically downplaying that like it wasn't racist you're just saying you weren't the only black person in star wars and like did you did you ignore the uh (laughs) the racial slur there yeah right it's like i don't understand the internet i don't understand like people's need to like say that type of thing you know, I know. It's like, what is what what what's the point? Like, literally, Samuel L. Jackson is in Star Wars. Yeah. Like, one of the greatest actors of all time. Yeah. And he's I, black. I I don't yeah, understand. Like, like, you know what I mean? Yeah, I don't understand how you can be a fan of Star Wars, have all these like great black characters like Mace Windu and Lando. Yeah. Um, and still like be that racist? Like, what do you just like reserve your racism for like characters you don't like, or are you just <laughs> like like what? I, yeah, I really don't yeah, get it. Right. Yeah, I don't I really get, don't it, get it. But I think some of the worst stuff too was when uh, like Obi, uh, no Obi Wan, <laughs> Ewan McGregor himself was being attacked and basically his words taken out of context to like a lot of especially like you know right-wing outlets and things like that were basically taking what he said out of context and trying to act like he was calling the entire star wars fanboy fan base racist which was not what he was saying at all um i don't know if you've seen the clip but i'm gonna um go ahead and play it now i'm pretty sure this was like god he's beautiful uh, yeah dude i know (laughs) oh beautiful man but i'm pretty sure this happened like the I think, like, the weekend that the first few episodes dropped, or first two episodes dropped, because I think it was, like, Star Wars Celebration weekend. Okay. Um, and, yeah, so he, he addresses that, but then he goes into, you know, some of the less um, great stuff. This yeah. weekend, Star Wars fans made uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi the most watched Disney Plus original series premiere of all time. And for that, I would say a big thank you and uh, it just goes to show what this family can do when we all pull together. However, um, it seems that some of the fan base from this influential fan base have decided to attack Moses Ingram online and send her the most horrendous racist DMs. And I heard some of them this morning and it just broke my heart. Moses is a brilliant actor. She's a brilliant woman. And she's absolutely amazing in this series. She brings so much to the series. She brings so much to the franchise. And it just sickened me to my stomach to hear 
that this had been happening. I just want to say as the leading actor in the series, as the executive producer in the series, that we stand with Moses. We love Moses. And if you're sending her bullying messages, you're no Star Wars fan in my mind. There's no place for racism in this world. And uh, I totally stand with Moses. That's, that's fair. I don't know how to misinterpret that. Right, I know. On its face, it's like kind of hard to disagree with that, you know, if you're a decent person. Um, yeah, right. <laughs> I, I don't know. Right. Like, I've seen a lot of people, like, it feels really disingenuous. Like, either you totally, like, missed the, like, you either didn't watch that video and just watched other people, like, cl clipping that video. P people have basically been pretending like like oh if you don't like Riva you you and McGregor says you're a racist and not a Star Wars fan which you know if 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 you actually watch the video it's like basically impossible to interpret it that way so yeah no it seemed like it actually bothered him enough to say something and yeah. it you know he seems to care about his co-star right or, what a monster know, you know it's like i mean not that i know him personally like no one you know, but yeah. I don't feel like he said that trying to get anything out of it other than like, hey, why are you doing this? Don't do this. You're dumb. Right. Well, yeah, and it's not even like it was some produced statement or something. He just looked like he was just like in his car and probably just like, you mm -hmm. know, saw all that stuff going on and just wanted to say something. Yeah, had a, had a few minutes and was like, you know what? I should say something because he was thinking about it, you know? Yeah, but. I, like, know, or whatever. But I don't know. It's it, it's It's cool on the internet to just hate everything yeah i mean i've been on the internet long enough to know it happens regardless of yes. intent you know what yeah. i mean oh yeah yeah definitely um yeah but and you know a lot of people were trying to like chalk it up as like you know oh he's some sort of awful liberal who wants to call everybody racist or something like i don't know it's just like who cares whatever yeah but, just internet talk. yeah but it, it is sad like i feel like if this series had come out like you know 10 years earlier it wouldn't have been this bad. I feel like it's gotten, like, the internet itself has become more toxic over the last year, several years, but... Yeah, people just want to say stuff. Yeah. They want and... their opinion to matter. Right. And, and it like doesn't. A... <laughs> nah, 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 nah. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, um, enough about all that negativity. Let's talk about the actual series itself. Uh, so, yeah, so I think, like, just right from the beginning, uh, I was very gripped with where the story was going you know i liked i really liked how this series like like you mentioned earlier did a really good job like filling in the blanks and like connecting the dots between, yeah like what's been going on you know yeah. like how's the universe reacting to the empire taking over yes. like I, I like like there's a lot of um cool small details and and characters mm -hmm. in it that really accentuate the some people supporting the empire some people not supporting the empire it it's you know it's like feels like there's actual like tension yes. with the people and the empire, right? And it makes it. I don't know. It's, it's cool. I liked it. The scene where Leia and Obi Wan are riding with the stormtroopers on the back oh, of yeah. the Empire sympathizers truck. Yeah. That scene is so fucking good. It, yeah. It really oh my is. god. It. Oh, I need to go back and watch it. Like just like. The casual conversations, Obi Wan's mm -hmm. all nervous and stuff, and Leia's yeah. all like, "Oh yeah, it's going fine," you know. Da, 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 yeah, yeah, you know? it's fine. He's my dad, or whatever, whatever, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, and then to show um, the universe's like acceptance or defiance of uh, the Empire, like there are Empire supporters. 
mm-hmm. and like, oh, they're doing great. Like I, 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 I enjoyed yeah. that whole thing. Yeah, me too. Just the whole scene. It was tense. It was, um, very in character. And I just, yeah. dude, I fucking loved it. Yeah, I've really been liking uh, what Disney's been doing lately, or Lucasfilm, or whatever. There's been a lot more content of, you know, kind of showing what happened right after Episode 3, kind of the transition between, uh, you know, Episode 3 and, like, The Empire, The Rise of the Empire, and just yeah. like, the years following. Like, they showed that in The Bad Batch. That showed, like, take picks up right after Order 66 and even shows the transition from clones to stormtroopers. Um, okay, and, I have not watched that yet, so yeah, that's, a... that's probably the most interesting part of that series to me. Okay. Um, and then, you know, obviously in Obi-Wan we get to see, um, you know, kind of more like what's going on in between episodes three and four, and we got to see a little bit of that too in like Solo. Um, just yes. kind of seeing how like, like you said, how the universe is reacting to the Empire and their, you know, totalitarian rule. Yes. It's Which, yeah, it's 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 cool because it's a shift in dynamic from thousands yeah. of years, right? And yeah. having two separate trilogies that aren't super connected, but, right? Um, yeah, they're like two decades apart, like episode three and episode four. Yeah, so there's like a lot of stuff in between that happened. You know, it's not like the rebellion just like rose happened. up overnight, right? Right. Yeah, yeah, and it's I'm really glad that a lot of the shows are portraying that because yeah. it's like. It's like you show like the 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 universe as is before a major world like major galaxy event. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? That's like that's yeah. not a small event. And then you skip to after, right? Like right. leaving that whole chunk in there. And I just find it really interesting. Yeah. You know, and especially with a lot of the characters that I like, you know, in them being killed off or in hiding or to or you know whatever because the whole yeah. story of you know the first three or episodes one, two, and three are just like of the Jedi and their fall. Yeah. And so you, you kind of grow attached to certain characters and you just want to know how or if they made it through that process. Right. Or, yeah. you, you know, and the transition, the galaxy's transition. And, you know, like, uh, not to bring details up, you know, soon, but like, like Quinlan Voss was mentioned in the show. Right. Yeah. I and I'm just like, cool. yeah. Like, I just, thought was, <laughs> I just was thought it was cool because it's just like a character that most, um, casual Star Wars fans probably wouldn't know or mm-hmm. don't remember. Yeah. And just like having just details like that just helps people who have watched some of the other stuff. Yeah. I think also what I've really liked about the newer Star Wars content is that they're like acknowledging the stuff that happened in the Clone Wars. Cause obviously the Clone Wars was, you know, the an-, an animated series. And, yeah. you know, for a while, like it, it, it took, you know, it happened after. It, it it was made after the prequel trilogy, so obviously they couldn't. You know, there wasn't anything in, in the prequel trilogy that necess, You know, that really mentioned anything anything that was in the Clone Wars series, yeah. and even the sequel trilogy. You know, it was like what, like fifty years after all that happened, so they didn't really mention much. I, I have liked like in uh, the Mandalorian and the Book of Boba Fett, they have like kind of gone out of their way to acknowledge that. Like when they br- when they bring Ahsoka in. You know, and she mentions her relationship with Anakin, and even with her conversation with Luke, she mentions, you know, how he's a lot like his father, stuff like that. I, I found that really cool. Yeah, <clears throat> um, I just I think the Star Wars like movies themselves are kind of just yeah. like fragments yeah, of definitely. you know what I really enjoy about Star Wars. So they're just like pictures, you know, basically just mm-hmm. like events throughout the years, and 
since I enjoy Star Wars for its universe, not necessarily yeah. its movies or its specific stories or whatever, I enjoy <clears throat> its lore and and in just like the universe they've built around all yeah. of it. So when I get these like nitty gritty <clears throat> like you know side stories or um, yeah. Uh, what goes on without the major events of the universe or 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 whatever like i want to see the repercussions of the movies yeah. in smaller stories yeah i agree with that i think honestly a lot of times the lore and just the wider universe is more interesting than the main like skywalker saga oh yeah like yeah definitely um and what i really liked about this obi-wan series is that it was pretty much a direct sequel as direct as it could be to revenge of the sith which mm-hmm. is what i really wanted in an obi-wan solo project um like i you know i wanted to see his reaction like we got his initial reaction to everything that happened with anakin and him like thinking that he killed him all that yeah. um in episode three but we didn't really get to see how those feelings uh, you know affected him in the long term um, right, because which, that type of thing changes a person, right? So right. you go from this like space Jesus type character where you're just like by the book and you're yeah. you know, you're like a model Jedi textbook Jedi mm-hmm. and having to do those traumatic things or go through those traumatic things. And losing like all your friends basically. You, all your friends are killed off, everything you've yeah. ever known. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like Obi Wan's a very strong character, but like yes. what makes it interesting is opposition right so when you have a good strong character like obi-wan it takes something massive to break him down or else it feel it falls flat so you know not having that part of the story at least you know on screen and and Mm -hmm. you know presented to us canonically i guess it would be the right word to say like um although there are other iterations original iterations or what have you of what happens but i'm just glad that i enjoyed it yeah, definitely. And I think it wouldn't have made any sense if he was the same Obi-Wan that we saw in the prequel trilogy. Like, you know, like you said, that kind of, those kind of events change a person. Um, yeah, you know, and, he's, and he's, he's out of touch and he's, and he's, yeah. and he's lost a lot of his skills, mm-hmm. you know? Kind it's of been 10 years. Off in the force. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's, very, it's, it's kind of similar to what, you know, they did with Luke in The Last Jedi, but this was done a lot better. Um, I mean, oh, absolutely. partially because everything that happened, you know, that made Luke that way in The Last Jedi was mostly off screen. Um, this, right. like, we all know the history between Anakin and Obi-Wan. We've had three history, three, uh, movies to see their history and, and see a, why and it's so tragic. show. Yeah, right, exactly. So, you know, I think that, and, and, and I think it just made more sense because, like, yeah, he, he was, you know, he was kind of a hermit, um, just kind of trying to you know, keep his head low and not mm-hmm. draw attention. But at the same time, he still, you know, what he did uh, have some of the same motivations that he did when he was Obi-Wan, you know, back in the prequel trilogy, you know, when uh, he he told Owen that he wanted to train Luke. You know, he seems like he still, like, wanted to bring back the Jedi in some way, even though he was kind of, yeah, you know, cutting some, himself off from the Force in a lot of ways. But I, that that felt more like you know, de- depression than it did, like, an active thing like Luke did in The Last Jedi. Right, right. It definitely was, like, a, um, reactionary. Mm-hmm. It was very, very... Yeah, I think that would be the best way to describe it, is, like, depressive. Yeah. You know, you know depression. Yeah, I liked to... Speaking of Owen, um, we, we got to see, like, kind of his reaction to 
you know, what happened with Anakin, because we know, like, he's Anakin's stepbrother, and just yeah. seeing, like, his reaction to Obi-Wan, you know, and Obi-Wan's, you know, supposed failure uh, with, 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 with Anakin, you know, and Owen knows that, and just kind of seeing him, you know, just kind of his overall attitude to Obi-Wan, I think, really makes sense, too in light of A New yeah. Hope, where he, you know, obviously doesn't have a very high opinion of, you know, Ben Kenobi and A New Hope when he, when he talks to Luke about him. Right. Uh, it was just kind of cool to see that, to, to, like, kind of connect the dots and everything. Yep, um, like, it's consistency. It's yeah. consistent. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, so but, I like, who cool. wouldn't want to protect, like, the kid, right? Right, like, exactly. he's being a father well, of sorts. Yeah, and and if and like if you aren't a Jedi, you know, and you see everything that happened with the Jedi from the outside, like why would you want, you know, Luke to be to kind of follow in his father's footsteps and everything? Yeah, after all that happened, right? They got yeah. like exterminated, right? Yeah, why would you and want him and to Anakin turned to the dark side. And what I found interesting too is there was like a really unanswered question I think between episodes, well, a few unanswered questions between episode three and four, and just actually the original trilogy in general is, you know, whether. Obi-Wan knew if he had killed Anakin, like, if he thought he'd killed Anakin on Mustafar or not, um, you know, like, and how quickly he learned, you know, that Darth Vader was Anakin. Yeah. Um, which this series obviously showed us. He, like, he didn't know for 10 years he thought he had killed Anakin. Um, and, you know, until Reva told him that Darth Vader's Anakin, and that just, like, you know, really rocked his world. Like, he was already, like, still reeling from all that trauma and then just to learn that was like yeah and and my like my favorite way to quantify it is like the jedi are the jedi the sith like those types of characters that are portrayed in the movies are the mm-hmm. top of the universe right they're like yes the, you know what i mean so like the mm-hmm. average person isn't aware of like these types of people so when they see that like the jedi are around it's like a sight for them you yeah. know what i mean it's like right. they only hear stories you know right so I think the fact that Obi-Wan, like, because my biggest gripe with uh, Obi-Wan not knowing if Anakin's alive or not is like, oh, um, Anakin turned bad. I killed Mm -hmm. him. But now there's this new Sith, you know, in a giant suit. Right. You know, like, was he not aware of Vader's existence? Well, it it seemed to me that he had kind of just hidden his cave. Like, he knew the Empire existed, but he didn't really know. Right. His objective was Luke. Yeah. Right, and like yeah. they're on they're on Tatooine. Like you, the only way you would know news in Tatooine is if you hang out, you know, in the you know in the cities or the towns and everything. Right, um, and it seemed like pretty much all he did was go to work at like that meatpacking factory or whatever yep. it was, yep. and then just like go to his cave and occasionally like you know watch over Luke. So like I I, I don't think it's unreasonable to think he didn't really know much. Like maybe he had heard like Darth Vader's name, I guess, but then like. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah, you, you'd think maybe you could put two and two together. I think the only thing that doesn't make sense is that I'm pretty sure he saw that hologram in episode three where Darth Sidious, you know, says something, you know, like, yeah, Darth Vader, my apprentice, so, you know. He did. I feel like he, yeah, he he already knew that Darth Vader, so either he just didn't really, like, realize that Darth Vader, like, existed or it's just kind of a plot hole, I'm not sure. <laughs> I feel like he would have a hard time, like, if he had, you know, when he watched that hologram, I feel like he would have a hard time forgetting the name. You well, know? yeah. So, so I, I'm just going to assume that you're correct, and, like, he just was so closed off from everything, and mm-hmm. just hid away that he didn't ever hear it. Yeah. 
Um, but that's as far only, as Reva being the one to tell him, I got a problem with that. Yeah. Like, I feel like there should have been, like, something else, maybe? Like, I... Like, it... Couldn't it have yeah. waited? Couldn't it have waited until the next episode? When they yeah. fight? Maybe. I think, to I mean, Yeah, it probably would have been more, um, impactful if he figured it out himself. Right, but he um, also needed or, the anxiety of it yeah. for the emotion for him well, to arrive on the planet. I think exactly like when when they first when they had their initial fight, like not only was he just like not up to you know where he used to be skill and power wise, yeah, but he was also he'd also been like the last day just been like thinking about how you know Anakin was still alive and is the most feared Sith in the galaxy, and and then this know, guy so, shows up. Right, and it just, like, it brings in a whole lot more, like, anxiety and fear when he was, you know, when when he had yeah. to face him, and I think that so, really contributed to him losing so t- badly. Yeah, so I think I think the build-up to him being aware of his existence prior to him seeing him yeah. is fine, absolutely, yeah. I, but I, I just, who's Reva, right? Right. <laughs> like, like I mean, not to mention, like, you know, like, she's a new yeah. character, which is... Yeah cool and i like the whole inquisitor deal like how yeah. they're like competing against each other and they're yeah, you know yeah, yeah. it's it's like it is like turmoil for them it's like a right. com- competition to be you know the first brother or sister mm-hmm. and yeah, i like the dynamic between them yeah i've seen so i've also seen a lot of people like trying to critique this show about like all oh, the, the inquisitors aren't like you know as as cool and badass as I want them to be, but it's like, uh, if you really look at the other, like, versions of, you know, the other times we've seen the Inquisitors, like, in Rebels, and even in the Jedi Fallen Order, like, yeah, they're, like, they are very skilled, but they're also, like, very, like, (laughs) kind of emotionally immature, they're very much ruled by their emotions, and are, like, constantly just kind of, like, that's the whole thing with the Sith, right? Competing, yeah, exactly, they're, they're basically just, like, unpolished Sith, when you really think about it, because the Sith, like, know how to, like, you know, basically use their negative emotions as 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 a weapon, yeah. And you know how to pinpoint it and um, direct it. Whereas the Inquisitors seem to just sort of have you know their negative emotions have um, you know know how to use the dark side of the Force, but aren't in control of their emotions, which is probably why they're you know Inquisitors and not, and not yeah. Sith. Right, and um, I also think that why would Vader train them to be super powerful? Right, yeah. Like, because, like, you know, he knows better than to teach him everything, I'm sure. Well, yeah, he doesn't want them to overthrow him like he wants to overthrow the Emperor, you know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, <laughs> what kind of Sith would take out his master? Come on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Literally they're, all of them. <laughs> they're very loyal. <laughs> yeah. I mean, right. I mean, he even said in a, um, in episode three, a- Anakin said, you know, to Padme, like, well, we'll overthrow the Emperor and make our own empire, you know? Mm-hmm. I also think that Reva's character got much better. Yes. Once you find out that the whole thing is a revenge plot. Well, and like a lot of like a lot of people were um, kind of critiquing her acting, saying it was like like too stoic, overacting, or obvious. But like she was basically playing a character, you know. Um, Yeah. Could you imagine the anxiety of being next to Darth Vader and him just sensing fake, you know, or not fake, but like a, a you know a drop of character or or. Well, I guess she was angry all the time, so that, I mean... Yeah, that like, probably helped, but... But, I, I mean... She was on. trying to, like, 
Yeah, she was she, 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 she was trying to put a, on an air of like an overbearing inquisitor who just wants to you know succeed. dominate basically. Be number one. Succeed. Number yeah. one. That is my seat, right? Yeah. I want to be as close to Vader as possible because exactly. I want to be powerful. So why would he think otherwise? Although, right. you know, they're probably all like wanting to kill him mm-hmm. in some way or another. Although oh, well, the yeah. first brother seems pretty loyal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and well, and I think too, like they, they, they kind of fixed some of that too. Cause you know, I think it could be easy to say like, well, how did she get so far on her plot? But she kind of didn't like, uh, the grand inquisitor and Vader were basically like totally playing her. Um, yes. And you know, yeah, grand inquisitor, sorry, not first. Yeah. And yeah. Vader knew that she, you know, was trying to betray had him, him. Like, yeah, had stabbed him pretty early on. And he was just kind of like letting her play into his hands, which, I kind of feel like goes against the whole narrative that they basically just put her in the show, you know, for identity politics or, you know, to have another, like, shoehorned female lead in there. Mm-hmm. Um, because usually when they do that, and, you know, they do do that sometimes, like we've seen in several other franchises, um, where they basically just kind of, like, want a two-dimensional, you know, character to sort of fit a, you know, check a box kind of thing. They yeah. usually make them, like, really OP, really overpowered. I feel like if that was really their intention, they would have had Reva at least stand a chance against Vader, which she did not. Which she did not. Which is very realistic to, you know, the whole lore and just Vader being so freaking powerful. Yeah. And I also like that um, Vader in the show is still not where he wants to be. Yeah. I like how he's still in progress. Yeah, but he's you know? also, like, insanely powerful. Like, we, you know, know him to be mostly from lore, not so much in the movies besides maybe Rogue One. Yeah, right. I just, I want to see some crazy Vader stuff, and this yeah. show gave me some, and I'm just Yeah, like, exactly. <laughs> I think know? this is probably the coolest we've seen Vader, like, potentially ever. Just, like, his, this is the freaking power level, you know, him just, like, bringing down that ship like that, and <laughs> just the his way he mercy, just, like, or His merciless killing... Of innocent people for no reason. Just dragging a dude down the street with the force by the neck. That was, wow. Oh, yeah. That was so good. And the way he just, like, toyed with Reva. Like, he didn't even break his sweat. He just, like, he basically just, like, avoided all of her strikes. He didn't even bother drawing his lightsaber. Yeah, and he took hers. Yeah, exactly. And stabbed her with it. (laughs) Yeah, so, like, she comes, I, I, like, my favorite, like, actually not my favorite part. My least favorite part about that scene is how... Um, he walks out there. She knows that he's going to walk out there and this is her opportunity to kill him. Mm-hmm. She knows it. And this was the idea between her and Obi-Wan because they had spoke through the door yeah. and then continued fighting. But you know how that goes. And yeah. um, why not stab him when he's preoccupied with the ship he thinks Obi-Wan's in until yeah. after he gets away? Like, yeah. It's true. She she, she she definitely had an opportunity to attack him while he was preoccupied. That's true. Yeah, and not to mention he stopped that lightsaber with the force because it was like yeah, a, that, you know because it yeah. came over his shoulder and he just yeah. stops it. That and was, I'm just like, yeah. oh, <laughs> crazy. Yeah, really cool. Um, yeah, like take him when it's like he's not paying attention. Really. Yeah, like, I know, right? Take him when he's just that 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 scene itself though too was like super traumatic. Like just you know when you think about it for Reva's character, like, not Mm -hmm. only did she have to see Anakin, you know, before pre-cybernetic implants and all that, 
just go in and massacre the Jedi in the Jedi Temple, mm-hmm. and she was witness to it. But then she basically, like, she, you know, she has the opportunity to fight him and defeat him, and she just totally fails, and she basically, she basically loses to him, like, a second time. Yeah, I mean, I think there is a, um, there's a term for putting, um, women in roles just to kill them off. Yeah. It, um, yeah, 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 yeah. I yeah, believe I, the term is called fridging. I forget why. I think, think you're right. That sounds um, right. But typically, it's a love interest. Yeah. So typically, yes. what they'll do is they'll use a woman to raise the stakes of a male character, take the woman away a traumatic way to then, um, like, uh, I guess, give the protagonist another, like, motivation boost or, like, yeah. motive um yeah exactly so, so which we definitely see like say like um, a, a recent example would be deadpool 2 yes which is really I, funny um if you watch the uh, like it's not really an extended version but they like they, they recut the film mm-hmm. um to make it pg-13 but also added a bunch of it was like a holiday version and they recut it uh with fred savage who was the kid in the princess bride he even like towards the beginning of the film fred savage even goes like wait a minute you you just freaking fridged, <laughs> like, the love interest, you know, it's like, you know. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah, it was pretty funny that they were, like, pretty self-aware about it, too, at least in hindsight. No. <laughs> yeah, and that's, but see, it works in context of Deadpool, because if they yeah. bring attention to it, then it fits the character. Yeah. You know? So. Well, let's be honest, Vanessa didn't really contribute all that much at all, anyway. Besides oh, she interest. did. <laughs> oh, well, okay, fair enough. <laughs> Uh, I forget her name. Moreta, Morena, Marina, Morena Baccarin. Something. Yes, yes. She's a good. Uh, she's a good actress. Yeah, yeah. And she's I've been in a lot of stuff like Firefly and Gotham and a lot yeah. of other stuff. I saw. I had seen her in Gotham first. Me too. Me too. Yeah. Um, I feel like we've we gotten a bit sidetracked. Yeah. Yeah, sorry. 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 No, it's, not, it's, not, it's yeah. not your fault. I, I did it too. <laughs> yeah. Um, d- uh, also, during the scene where Vader had landed on the planet and he was killing those people. Yeah. Um, a thing I want to mention is uh, there's a small little scene, like a little little cut in there of Darth Vader stopping as he's walking down the street before mm-hmm. he's killing the people. He's walking yeah. down the street and stops. And then yeah. looks right in the that. direction of Obi Wan. He yeah. sensed him, and yeah, then exactly. he started killing people. Yeah, that's actually a good point. Like I, I remember watching it and thinking, you know, like oh, he definitely senses him. But yeah, that's actually a pretty good connection. Yeah, think about and, that. And He's so really trying to draw him out. Right. Well, I, I thought so too. Or like he was, you know, yeah. So draw him out. So, but that plays in with. Uh, Vader still at the point of wanting to see show Obi Wan how powerful he has become. Yeah. So that that point. plays into Obi Wan um, being basically basically I say let go at the end of that episode because yeah. Vader could have easily ended him like over and over and over again. Yeah. You know because he's Obi Wan so out of touch and with the Force and on you know lost a lot of his skills. So Vader had the upper hand to oh, let definitely. him go. You <clears throat> yeah. know, it's you know, so Vader's consistency when it comes to his uh him trying to prove himself. Mm-hmm. It's always about proving himself. That's part of Vader's character. Yeah, 
Definitely. You know, because he's always an underling, you know. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> you know, he's always he trying never to show a Jedi people. Master. Yeah, he wants to prove himself. Like, he he was the oldest, um, you know, Jedi to be accepted into the right. temple. And, you know, so it's like... Well, also, you know, he's supposed to be the chosen one. And just, like, yeah, I feel like having to live up to that. You know, I feel like he had enough insecurity issues growing up the way he did. Um, As a slave? Yeah, right, as a slave and having to leave his mother and all that, and never knowing his father, that, yeah. you know, I feel like the Chosen One was more of, like, a weight around his neck than it was, like, you know, a title to be proud of. Yeah. He was always trying to live up to it, or in one yeah. way or another. I think that the whole, uh, the path thing is pretty cool, like the underground yeah. route systems for yeah, that, that was Jedis to escape. Yeah. Very underground railroad type. Yes, and yeah, and I, I think it also just kind of shows more of like the beginnings of the resistance, but also suggests that there are other Jedi out there besides Obi Wan and Yoda. Yep. Um, you know, because like they, they they mentioned Quinlan Vos, but you know, I'm sure there's others out there, and I do hope we get to see some of them somehow in some other future projects. I don't know if that's you know. I'm plausible, sure they'll do but... another. Like I'm sure they'll do like another show around some other character yeah. or I, a- event um, yeah, I, around that same time. Right. I have been hearing rumors that um, the character from Jedi Fallen Order, his name is escaping me right now. Um, um it's only escaping me because it's escaping you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> of, of uh, course. Uh, frick, man! Why, why can I not remember his name? I keep um, thinking Galen Merrick, but that's Star no, that's Killer. definitely not it. Yeah. Um, um. <laughs> why is this so hard? Like I remember his name every other single time. Yeah, I think of that's exactly. Oh man, that makes me sad. So uh, I I'm pulling it up. Give, give me one second. Um, I'm gonna be so mad at myself. Oh yeah, me too. Like I, I don't know why. Like I can remember the actor Cameron Monaghan. Um, yeah, what a good actor. Cal- by the way. Yeah, point he out. is. Yeah, he's um, very good. Cal Kestis. Cal Kestis, dope. Um, yeah. Yeah. He's yeah, I've fantastic. Heard, I've heard, I hope we see live action of him. Yeah, I've heard rumors that they may uh, make a series starring him, um, which could be interesting. I think, personally, I think it would make more sense to have him, like, star in other yes, shows, like maybe, like, Ahsoka or something, because I feel like we've got enough of his story in the games themselves. Absolutely. Especially with the new one coming. Or yeah. Did, has it released yet? I don't know. No, it comes out later. Or I, I think it's been postponed to next year, or it always wasn't next year, but yeah. Oh, either way. Anyway. Yeah. Um, which is set five years after, um, because right. that that game and Obi-Wan are the same time. Yeah, I think you're right. It is about the same time. And I think what's funny, too, is I'm pretty sure Solo takes place around the same time, too. Yes. Um, and then um, funny if this like a new game... crossover. The new game is going to be five years after the events of the last right, okay, as well. Gotcha. So he's also matured a little bit. Yes. So I think Ahsoka would be the probably the entry point if yeah, he be- was to. Well, I don't know the timeline of Ahsoka. the actor himself is older than Cal was when he first started out. Because I'm pretty sure the actor is like 30. And mm-hmm. the character was supposed to be like 18 in the first game. So by, by the time he gets to Ahsoka... I think it would make sense, like, the actor would look old enough. But also, like, that hasn't really stopped Star Wars before, because, like, um, the actress who plays uh, Bo-Katan, Katie Sackhoff, she does not 
look quite old enough <laughs> that she's supposed to be from right. you know Clone Wars, but uh, you know they, they just kind of hey, like, dude, d- fucking don't care. Fa- fancy space technology. Yeah, I mean, fair enough. Just like just a, just sci-fi. Explain it. Back to space, just cream or something. I don't yeah, know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. That's I, the best thing about sci-fi I, is you I just fully... make stuff up. <laughs> right, exactly. Look, yeah, but anyway, so. Um, like you said, that whole thing with the uh, sort of underground t- tunnels thing was pretty cool. Um, yes, I really enjoyed which, that aspect. You know, things th- think it's kind of funny. We haven't like mentioned Leia at all yet, and, but she was like one of the main parts of the show. I was just um, about to. Oh, well, <laughs> fair enough. I was just about to because I was like, oh, you skipped over Leia. I have a few notes in front of me. Oh, but, okay, uh, cool, cool. Um, <laughs> her character was fantastic, consistent. Yeah. Um, and like I think like it was very believable that she grows up to be the Leia we've seen in the original trilogy yes, and everything. That actress did such a good job. It's also a great. It's like opposite sides of the spectrum. She's very optimistic and charming, mm-hmm. and and yeah. you know, in the way she is, mm-hmm. versus Obi Wan, who at this point is you know generally optimistic, but a little jaded. He's yeah, jaded and like you said, depressed and mm-hmm. and and stuff. So having both of them and her character kind of giving him a little bit of hope and and yeah. and, and i think th- i think it was good although i am kind of excited to seeing the whole like older dude and younger like yeah traveling partner kid, deal. yeah right it's true it's definitely been done before but yeah um but i think in this context it was probably the best well yeah i think it's it. right I, I, I honestly did not expect them to bring in luke or Leia. like i expected them to maybe show like luke a yeah. little bit, but I didn't expect them to actually have a whole plot point with Leia, but I thought that was cool because we really don't get to see much of Leia at all, like, between episodes um, three and four. Yeah, like, kind of same thing with Luke, but I think Luke's, you know, what he went through is kind of straightforward. He just kind of lived on Tatooine and was a, you know... Hard boy until Ben Kenobi was all like... Right, but... The scary way the job was. Right, but Leia... <laughs> right, exactly, but Leia grew up as not only, you know, a princess, but the daughter of a senator, and she became a senator herself, and, like, you know, had just had, like, a whole, and she was involved with the rebellion. So I feel like there's, like, a lot of stuff to explore with her before episode four, and I'm glad they actually kind of, like, went into that a little bit. And also we got to see Jimmy Smits again as Bail Organa, who was probably one of my favorite characters from the prequel trilogy. Yeah. Um, I'm glad we've got, we got to see him a little bit more, like, in Rogue One and then in this. Bail Organa is also, he helped start the resist or the rebellion the correct? rebellion uh yeah i'm pretty sure he's one of the main i was gonna say because if not then having this character arc for leia is a great motivation for her to join it right because this could mm-hmm. be used as the starting point of her want to build a rebellion into assist yeah. the rebellion yeah so i mean it's it, it it's good for her to be there for her character's sake later on regardless because right. it only solidifies her beliefs in a, or beliefs against the Empire. Yeah. So um, that's great. The only thing I didn't like is I feel like you know what I'm gonna say. The chase scene. Yeah, I know. Like, <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll be honest. I feel like I zoned out a bit during the chase scene because I just kind of like didn't really give it any thought. But I've seen a lot of people like, um, you know, criticizing it and stuff. I, I kind of like forgot <laughs> about most of it well it's very disney it's a very disney yeah. chase scene it's very unbelievable That's it's like right. it's like a very abrupt like lapse of like and it's so unnecessary like, like 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 most chase scenes 
are so unnecessary and drawn out. But then again, they also didn't do a very good job with the chase scenes in Boba Fett either. Well, yeah, that, yeah, that's fair. With the speeders and stuff, I didn't really like those either. So. Yeah, I'm kind of I I feel like I've gotten so used to like mediocre chase scenes that I almost just kind of tune them out when they come on screen. <laughs> yeah. You know, so I like it's like pee break. <laughs> yeah, basically. But like in my head, I'm just sitting there like, oh, you know. Um, yeah. I think there's only a few chase scenes, that, you know, in movies that I actually, like, actively enjoy. But mm-hmm. they, they have become such a trope, especially, like, in all action-related things, whether yeah. it's, like, on foot or on thing. But, yeah, like, yeah, it's true. Like, like what you said, kind of like a random break in seriousness for no real reason. Well, it's not that it's, like, it, it's serious that she's being chased and she's, like, trying to, you know, being abducted. Yeah. It's important, but it's just, yeah. like, the way they did it made mm-hmm. it very unbelievable because it's, like, two grown, like, fully... Like yes. uh, adult males. Well, I think one of them was an alien, or two of them were an alien. But uh, yeah. but like adults, and yeah. they can't catch a kid, and they keep right. slipping and tripping over stuff. Yeah, like, that, yeah like, that's pretty. You know what I mean? It's just like it's not believable. It's just not no. you know. And what like that's something I can easily gloss over, though. It's you know what I mean? It's like the only sure. thing that really sticks out that I was just like, ugh. Yeah, yeah, um, that's fair. Yeah, I I thought I felt the same way about Reva's character, kind of off the bat. Too, sure I because think... i was just like why you know why 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 not just have the grand inquisitor do all this cool stuff like why is uh-huh. it gotta be her but you yeah. know like i said it ties in later and I, it makes sense kind of from the beginning i kind of guessed that you know that scene they showed at the beginning with those um y- y- younglings trying to escape the temple which by the way was freaking awesome um mm-hmm. that that whole sequence with the jedi fighting to save them and then just like all the fighting in the background with the clones and the jedi yeah. Um, I kind of thought that maybe she was one of the younglings that escaped. Um, so I, I, I was kind of like holding out for hopefully a more interesting yeah. arc for her, which yep. I think we got. Um, but, and yeah, the like, like I said earlier, you know, the way that this show is kind of a sequel to episode three, I really liked that they kind of had, that they had flashbacks. Yes. Let's um, speak about the training ones. Oh gosh, yeah, yeah, yeah. dude. You, 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 oh, you with, with with Anakin and Obi Wan. Yeah, Anakin and Obi Wan, yes. and then that playing that was, into their final fight. Yeah, that made me so. Yeah, that that was actually really cool. I was really like, yeah. It's was, not like it's just like hopping back and forth. Like uh-huh. like it's it's like analytical, where it's like, yeah. oh, I know how this other person that I've been training with for years reacts to a certain tactic I do, right. and it's like, you know, and in, in you know, he they predicted each other. Yes, which was, yeah, you know, very, it was very cool, just kind of seeing the develop. Because I think there's just a lot of history between the two of them. Yes, it just, it, yeah, it just shows They that. knew each other so well, and you even, like, get to see that a bit in episode three, just the way that they they pretty much fought to a standstill for the entire fight, because, mm-hmm. you know, like, one trained the other, and they just kind of, like, knew each other's fighting style so well, they were just able to stop each other at every move pretty much until yep. you know Obi-Wan stop and then got, counter got the, and then the high oh, ground oh, yeah <laughs> oh yeah yeah right the high ground yeah absolutely and um i i can't quite remember to be honest but i think didn't anakin in that scene still have his padawan braid yes yeah, so it, it okay. definitely happened i'm pretty sure it was supposed to happen before episode two um like right before this uh the training scene specifically right yes um which is kind of interesting that they chose that era instead of 
you know, maybe later on, like, but like maybe during the Clone Wars, which I'll be honest, I was kind of hoping they were going to have a flashback with them, like in the Clone Wars or something, but, um, yeah, I kind of was hoping like to have a different cut them in their, in their Clone Wars costume scene, yeah, like kind of a, but they probably were like, ah, we don't want to go through all the trouble of recreating yeah, all this stuff just I mean, for a few flashback scenes, maybe. yeah, I mean, it was, it was, it was very much just kind of a, um, you know, fan pipe dream type, type thing, it was kind of Oh, like, yeah. 50-50 they would actually do something like that, but just having them back together and having Hayden back, I wasn't really sure how they were going to use him, because initially they just said, you know, he's playing Darth Vader, and I was like, well, there's no way they're going to bring him back and never have him, like, have a flashback with, you know, with him as Anakin, that would be stupid. Yeah, and there was that one scene where uh, Obi-Wan had seen him in the desert. Right, that's true, but that, 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 that hallucinated was, like, so brief. Yes, and Um... it was kind of hard to tell from a distance, like it was his face. Like, Yeah. like you knew who it was, but it's like, Yes. you know, it, it just, you just quickly. The Um... only, the only thing I wasn't, I'm kind of like ha mixed, like in the middle on this with that training scene was like how old Anakin looked. Like, you know, I realize Hayden Christensen's older looking. It was like very, like it's, 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 it's really hard to say because I feel like if they use a bunch of CGI to de-age him, it could be very hit or miss whether that, you know, actually looks good or not. Um, Yeah, they and definitely I'm sure, did some anti-aging. yes, they definitely did a little bit, but it, it was to the point where it was like, it didn't take me out of it, but it definitely was like, you know, if you put him side by side with what he looked like during Attack of the Clones, you're like, well, yeah, he looks so much older now. Yeah, But yeah. it didn't like bother me enough to be like, like, what is this? You know, because I Yeah, feel like it's if they, Disney if they, money. Throw money at it. <laughs> right, but if they, they you know, but we've seen so many times when they've tried to use CGI to de-age or recreate a face that it can Or look a deep really fake. fake. Yeah, or defake, it can just look really fake, so I feel like they probably took, like, the, the best, which is to go in the middle and de-age a little bit, but not Yeah. enough where it looks fake. Yeah, I'm, I I think it was... It didn't really bother me, to be honest. Not, yeah, not, I think it, it was the initial, I was expecting him to look younger, Yeah. but as it went on, I, did, I didn't care, but they, they, they paid such good attention to details in, in this show, I will say, like, just, um... the lightsabers they had were exactly the same as they had in episode two. Like they basically recreated their costumes like perfectly Yeah. from episode two and even like the hilts of their lightsabers. Cause both Anakin and Obi-Wan had d different lightsabers at that point. Okay. Yeah. I didn't notice that. Um, like even Anakin's like his looks a little bit different between episodes two and three. Um, like obviously in three, he has the one that Luke later inherits, but in episode two, um, little things, little things with the hilt were different and it was obvious Yeah. they used the same one. from episode two in that training montage. Doesn't he lose? Doesn't Dooku destroy one of his lightsabers? He, um, he loses it in the droid factory. That's right. It like when it, some saw blade comes and cuts it in half basically. Yep, So yep, that's, yep, that's that's when he right. loses it. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought like that and this other attentions to detail, like, um, Obi-Wan's lightsaber in this series looks more black. But when you really like get a good look at it, it looks like it's from like where, from being in the sand, because um, like he buried both his lightsaber and Anakin's in the sand, and we get to see that like in Episode One or Two, he digs them up, Yes. which I, which I thought was a little like an interesting detail to me, because like I'm kind of wondering like so does he just kind of have his like his and his his lightsabers, you know, just hanging out in his cave, or did he hide them? You know, Yeah. like where, because he obviously kept Luke's or a Anakin's, you know, for like 20 years until Luke, Luke has it. So I'm kind of wondering where he kept it. You know, it's like very small details that probably most people didn't really like 
care about, but I was like kind of interested in these small things. I'm glad they addressed them. Yep, and I also wasn't he wearing gray as well for majority of the show. Yeah, yeah, actually, yes. yeah. And um, I also like kind of going back to like the whole like wishing we had a Clone Wars like flashback mm -hmm. like with him in different costumes. Like it would have been cool because Obi Wan at that point, I think would still have his armor, his armor stuff. You, it would have yeah, been cool. You, you would think. I I think it'd just be cool if they would have added like just a nod towards it, just like cool. That would have like been cool. like like instead of burying just lightsabers, he buries a mm -hmm. trunk, and inside has his old stuff. Yeah. But I also yeah. like how he's in hiding, but he dresses exactly like a Jedi. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they all do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it, it's true. So, I know we, we we talked a little bit about you know Obi Wan's character development, you know, because he starts out being kind of depressed, and yeah. you know, jaded and kind of doesn't have nearly his yeah. And but by the end, he's like a huge step closer to being the Obi Wan we you know, the, the Ben Kenobi we see in the original trilogy. Yeah. Um, but I think also too part of his development is just like his fighting ability you know because at the beginning he's obviously incredibly rusty just doesn't really you know have nearly his skill yeah. back which is obvious when he's fighting vader i remember that first scene i was like this this can't be the only showdown because like this fight scene's okay but it's so obvious that obi-wan is not nearly up to the skill that he was like there's no there has to be another I showdown knew the second that it was in episode three that they were gonna fight again yeah, I, I, like for a split second, I'm like, this this can't be the only confrontation. He's got to they've yeah. they've, they've got to have a better fight later. But even in episode four, after their confrontation, he gets all burned up and then healed in the back to tank. Which I will say, his scars like his burns healed pretty damn quick. Um, mm -hmm. But what, whatever, I don't really care that much. But just that like that one tunnel scene where he's like fighting stormtroopers and everything, trying to get Leia out of that base. Mm -hmm. Um, that was really cool, and I f feel like it just kind of, like, his fighting scenes just kind of got better and better until the crescendo at the end with him and Vader, you know, and yeah. I, there, there, there was something oddly satisfying about seeing Ewan McGregor as Obi-Wan just, like, slashing through stormtroopers. Not to mention the classic pose. Yeah, oh my gosh, yeah, that was so good. Let's talk about, like, the finale, which is, you know, the final fight scene with Darth Vader and Obi-Wan. Beautiful. God, it was so good. Like, obviously, I don't think there's anything that can necessarily top the uh, grand level of, you know, the Battle of the Heroes in Episode 3, but this came pretty <laughs> damn close. I, I remember in interviews, Hayden Christensen was saying that the fight scenes were more on the level of, like, the prequel trilogy. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, I will see like, just the fight scenes were great, you know. They had very... I think... What was really cool is we got to see Obi-Wan having a very similar style to, you know, when we saw him in the prequels. Mm -hmm. But Vader's fighting style is very, very, very different. Because after he becomes Darth Vader, you know, he has all those cybernetic implants. Mm -hmm. he, has, he has a very different style. It's a very, like, mostly one-handed lightsaber style. Yep. Which we see a lot in the original trilogy, but then we kind of see it expanded upon in, like, say, Rogue One. That we really get to see that in this series, where he his fighting style is very different, but still similar to what he had in the prequels, and it was really cool seeing Obi Wan like with his classic style, and then Darth Vader with his little bit 
different style. And, and uh, his yeah. lack of mobility because of the yes. suit and his need to be more uh, powerful in the Force because of that. Yes, yes. Well, yeah, that was also very cool, too. I think most lightsaber duels use a little bit of the Force, but I loved how this one used... They, they, they both used the Force, like, a lot yep. in different ways. Um, you know, and I, there's obviously that one part where it seems like Vader has the upper hand, but then... Uh, Obi-Wan comes back and just has that <laughs> really cool, like, God-level scene where he just, like, picks up all the rocks and just, like, starts just chucking them at Vader. Mm -hmm. That was super. That was very satisfying. I feel like that's what everybody wanted to see in an Obi-Wan show. Yeah, and that's, like, signifying his, like, reunion, or the whole, like, fight scene in general is just, mm -hmm. like, showing that he is then reconnected with the Force. Yeah. And he is tapped back into it, and he needs, he, you know, because he needs to use it, and it's... You know, yeah. and uh, there was also a small like a uh, little bit where Vader catches a rock that Obi Wan or picks up a rock and it yeah pushes it away. But like the way he throws it mm -hmm. is awesome. I just something about that like little scene where he just poof, and it's like out yeah. of existence. Yeah, just is, so cool just testament to it. I just like I yes. love that little just like that little bit. Just poof, it's gone. Right. <laughs> You know? Yeah, exactly. And you mentioned, you know, uh, Darth Vader's immobility, and I think it's really mm -hmm. cool that they almost kind of contrasted that because I feel like Obi Wan was honestly a little more like athletic or acrobatic in this yes. fight than he is in a lot of other fights we've seen. It's kind of like juxtaposition between Darth Vader's, you know, sort of more powerful fighting style. Well, it is an exact contradiction of their typical fighting styles because Obi Wan yeah. is typically a very defensive. I forget yeah. the form of lightsaber that you know, yeah. combat that he uses, but it's the it's a very uh, defense heavy one. Whereas mm -hmm. because of his lack of mobility, Vader has to then become a little bit more defensive. Although he is very aggressive, but see that's what gives him away. Yeah. Um. So I I did like that they kind of like switched styles on each other because then yeah. Obi Wan became the acrobatic one who was aggressive, and yes. you know he did switch his style, which ended up yes. uh, causing the scene where he jumped and cut his. Uh, chest thing open yeah. and then removing his helmet or a chunk of his helmet so i so i did lo look it up i went f full nerd apparently it is form four known as ataru that's um, i knew it was form four i didn't yeah. know what it was called yeah oh yes and i gotta say i had like the that fight had like the perfect ending too i mean because obviously we knew either darth vader had to kind of win and obi-wan escapes or obi-wan wins and lets him live which still not 100 percent sure why he let him live besides you know canon Darth Vader can't die you know but that whole scene was just really good the way his mask broke open we got to see Anakin underneath oh dude it was awesome and like I felt like it just kind of brought everything full circle and really just brought so much closure to Obi-Wan's character because yeah and know, I don't want obviously yeah I don't I don't want to scale this before I forget but um uh Vader also buries Obi-Wan alive and walks away very so, true. Yeah. Before, so that was before Obi-Wan bursted out and then did yeah. the whole, like, taking Vader down thing. But, like, I think that's an important thing to note is he literally buried him and walked away. He thought yeah. he had killed him. He thought he was done. Yeah, which because... in, in some ways is reminiscent of what happened with Obi-Wan. Um, yep. You know, when he left Anakin to die on Mustafar. Yep. 100%. So I thought that was beautiful. But, yes, uh, the removing of the helmet... Uh, a couple things I, I've heard. I've never seen Rebels, or at least I've yes. seen only parts of it. But, there, but yeah, there is a scene like that. Yes, and it's the opposite side of his face. Mm -hmm. 
And it's and, with him and Ahsoka, I believe. Yes, so I yes. So mm. I thought that was cool. I also thought that it was cool that his voice was like really fucked up. And it was yes. like in and out and his voice thing was like it just seemed like he was just a shell, like a like yes. hollow. You know what I well, mean? And tore up and destroyed. Yeah. It was I, just perfect. I, yeah, I think it was done so well because yeah, like you said about the voice, it sort of went back and forth between Darth Vader's modulated voice and mm-hmm. Hayden Christensen's normal voice. Yep. And but then also like I feel like we rarely get to see Vader without the mask. You know, like obviously we do at the in episode 6, but by, by that point he's like are, are already an older man. Yeah, and great. We yeah, right. So we barely we, we barely get to see, you know, it's usually just like Darth Vader. He's almost like a symbol. Oh, we skipped know, way over it, fear. dude. The whole assembly scene where he gets put oh, together frick, inside. You're right. We, oh my we gosh. We went way over. We went past, we went we past did. that. We did. Dude, that scene was so awesome. That was like, really cool. Oh, just oh. Yeah, just seeing it, like yeah. we, we saw a like a a less detailed version of that in in a uh, Rogue One where he's yeah. in his castle. But yeah, to see him in the back to tank and then just seeing him uh, in and the next episode together in those yeah. giant prongs that go into his back or his chest. That no, his was chest, super sorry. cool. Um, oh, dude, when they put the panel on and then finally yeah. closing the mask and his just his breathing just yeah commences. You know, I feel dude. like. I feel like it really adds to the, you know, the uh, dimensions of his character because we obviously know Anakin's underneath all that armor, but yeah. we so often just see him with the armor, it just sort of looks like, you know, like, oh, it's Darth Vader. It's kind of easy to, like, kind of break them apart in your mind because they're so different. But to see Anakin, you know, put together like that. Yeah, because he's later... hanging there like a shell. Like, he's just hanging yeah. there like a corpse. Yeah. You know? and he's hanging there in the what gives him, you know, his strength is a suit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and just to see that, and then that, and then that scene we were talking about where his mask is broken open, it's like, it's, it's not like you really forget, but when you see that, you're like, oh yeah, that's just Anakin underneath there, like obviously mm-hmm. he's all messed up, and like, you know, technically is Darth Vader now, but... Yep, but did you notice that his, uh, his eyes were changing throughout that scene? Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, his eyes were like yellow. Yeah, because the Sith eyes were yellow, so when yeah. he was saying, like, very Darth Vader stuff, you know, like... Yes. Like, because he was changing personalities in that scene. He was torn because, yeah. obviously, you know, he's still trying to prove himself and his master mm-hmm. has bested him once again or his former master has bested him once again and he is yes. going back and he's conflicted with himself as he always has been. Yeah, He's always been conflicted. Yes. You know? Oh, yeah. So every, every it just plays into it. Yeah, and I really liked their conversation too because I feel like it, in some ways, you know, absolved obi-wan of a lot of the guilt he had yep um you know because which honestly surprised me i kind of expected him to you know be like how could you do this to me you know but instead it was like no i did this i killed anakin you know mm-hmm. i am darth vader i created me basically i, I think damage to villains like that are always wait well villains are usually damaged in one way or another but i think right. that I think it just brings a very good dynamic and where he's still struggling with himself regardless of being validated. Yeah. But the whole thing plays into it. The whole thing plays into it. Mm -hmm. Him not killing Obi-Wan, him going Mm -hmm. easy on him, him killing innocent people just to prove himself. Like, it all plays into his incessant need to prove himself and to show how powerful he is. Yeah. Well, I mean, the only moment he did not, pretty much, was, like, in episode six when he finally just, like, decides to stop trying to prove himself the emperor and just basically you know make his own choices 
yep. and save his son, you know, but yep. yeah, I, but yeah, that one seemed just pretty pivotal to, I think, Obi-Wan's development into, you know, what we see later in the original trilogy. Mm-hmm. Um, Consistency. And, and also, I think, I, I thought that was interesting, too, that they actually added that thing where he literally said, you know, I killed Anakin Skywalker. Yes. I feel like it adds a little more weight and development to the way Obi-Wan described it to Luke in Episode 4, which was honestly always one of the major, like, things that I thought was eh about that was because it kind of comes off as, like, Ben being, like, a cryptic douche, you know, mm-hmm. instead of just saying, like, oh, well, Anakin was my Padawan, he's your father, you know, instead. But I think it makes sense in that respect because not only was it just, you know, Obi-Wan's, like, point of view and how he saw it, but it was based, is literally how Darth Vader saw it himself. So I feel like that adds more weight and makes more sense why he said that to Luke. Right, because it's it's almost like Vader's like a parasite or a like yeah. almost like Venom, right? Where yeah, Carnage, like, way, where it's yeah. like it, it's it's a corruption. It's basically like the worst parts of Anakin that overtook him and became his like main. Yeah, his emotions, which yeah. the Emperor knew to play on. Yeah, exactly. Yep. And that's his whole thing with having the suit to torture him and mm-hmm. limit his mobility to then make him more angry, which then makes him more effective. Yes. It's, the whole thing is corruption and control. Yes. Exactly. And just showing that... Um, I, I do think you're right. I do think it gives Obi-Wan a lot of relief yeah. knowing, knowing that um, it was more of like... There was nothing he really could have done necessarily to prevent... Anakin from mm-hmm. turning like all, all this time he felt like it was his fault Anakin turned and like there was a lot of different factors but ultimately Anakin made the choice yes to become would... Darth Vader and mm-hmm. I think once Obi-Wan accepted that and heard it from Anakin's mouth himself it really absolved him a lot of his guilt I absolutely agree I think for me one of the weakest parts of, of the series like one of the things that bothered me the most was the music um I thought the music was like okay but, like, in, in the trailers, they used almost exclusively John Williams' score yeah. from the prequels, you know, like Duel of the Fates and Battle of the Heroes, and it was really cool to see in the trailer. I was hoping they would incorporate that at least a little bit into the series, especially considering that John Williams wrote the main theme. But they really didn't, which was kind of a disappointment to me. I think it really would have added weight. Like, I think if they played like, Battle of the Heroes or even Duel of the Fates in their final battle, it would have added just, like, so much more to that, like, already great scene. Yes, I I agree. I agree. But the fact that I guess I didn't really notice is more or less, uh, I guess I don't have a problem with it, the way the music was, because I... Well, I guess... Well, I felt like the main score was a bit forgettable. Yeah, Um, okay. That might be the right way to describe it, because it's like, the absence of music is a bad thing. Because yeah. you should be able to notice the music. Yeah, it, you know? it felt it felt very background and like wasn't very like like even the themes in like the Mandalorian and Book of Boba Fett are very, very pronounced. Yeah, very pronounced, very recognizable after you hear them a couple times. I I, I, I like can't think of like really what the Obi is. It was very basic. You yeah, know, so I think you're it's confirmation by the fact that I forgot. I think yeah. it proves your point. Yeah. Like, I'm not saying it was terrible, yada, yada, but I would have, for, for something like, you know, that was supposed to be that, like, epic and everything, I really mm-hmm. wish they would have at least had better music, like, a better um, uh, score, if not incorporate John Williams' previous themes and scores. 
Yeah, why? Like, I guess why didn't they? Like, I feel I like really that. I don't would, know. Like, I, I, I don't like that would have been rights issue or like considering John Williams was like part of it. I feel like it probably wasn't a rights thing, but maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. And I'm not too familiar with um, uh, who wrote all the scores, but did he do the original trilogy as well? Yes. Okay, I thought. Pretty so. sure he's done every Star Wars movie except for Rogue One. Solo, he I think he split it with someone else, but he did okay. do some of the some of the score for at least Solo. Yep, and then um, I was gonna say because it would have been even like I feel like using both the um the prequel trilogy and the original trilogy's music both in the show would have mm-hmm. been like the obvious choice. Like I think they, I think they very very briefly used the Imperial March when like Darth Vader showed up one time, but you know. Yeah, I'll have to go back and look to see if I can. You know, yeah. like, you know, find anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, so during, while they're fighting Vader and Obi-Wan and that whole thing's going on, Reva is trying to find Luke. Why was she not able just to take out the farm? Why did Eve, Ben, and, uh, what's her name? Uh, not Ben, sorry. Owen uh, and Beru. Yeah, yeah, Beru, yeah. Owen and Beru. I, why were they even able to hold her up at all? Well, I mean, she did, she did have a big hole in her gut. But even still, like, yeah, I feel I mean, like it's. I, didn't I feel really like it was. It was probably whole... yeah. I think it's mostly just kind of like, well, we can't kill them because they're in, you know, the other ones. Um, I mean, yeah. I guess the only thing you really chalk it up to is that her main goal was like, basically to find and capture Luke, basically. Yeah, I just I don't know. I didn't like it. Maybe it was the fact that they was interwoven with the Obi Wan. Yeah, it, it, I didn't it, like that part of it, so maybe it just like that put a sour taste in my mouth and it made me not yeah, like it. Yeah, I I wish that whole fight scene had been like kind of just start to finish. Yeah, there was a, a very serious lack of blue milk too. Oh yeah, what the hell, man? Like, what's the point <laughs> of showing the moisture farm? You're not gonna show blue milk. <laughs> um, um, but I I did like that final scene though with oh. uh, Riva and o- Obi Wan. And basically, like, you know, her completed arc where she was basically, like, basically her path for vengeance, you know, she was just kind of didn't really care about, you know, her own soul or morality or anything. She just wanted revenge and kind of, by the end, kind of realized she was, like, just as bad as Vader. Like, what was the point of her path for vengeance if she was, like, just as bad as him? And yep. I thought, you know, just that whole conversation with her and Obi-Wan was actually pretty cool and gave more depth, depth to her character. Yep. Um, so I'm, I'm, I, I am glad they included that. Oh, and I really liked, uh, too, like the end conversation between Leia and Obi-Wan when he returned her to her parents. Yeah. Um, I thought that was really cool, just like him basically, because the whole series, he never really told her who he was. You know, he, he didn't really right. wanna, want to. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, at the end, he finally told her that like he knew, you know, both her parents, and kind of ba- basically just told her, you know, all the great uh, characteristics he inherited from both Padme and Anakin. I thought that was a really moving scene. Oh, dude, it was good. Yeah, like, and then him giving uh, Luke the ship finally was able yes, to get the, sh- the, the ship was, to him. Yeah, at the very beginning when he first got the ship, I'm like, oh, that that's the same one that Luke had in Episode Four. He was like playing around with when he was giving Rebe yeah. a bath. Yep. Yeah, and then the, yeah, that, that that whole ending where he like finally shows up. Uh, Owen's finally like, "Well, you, you want to say hi to him," and then he says like the most epic line in any fandom ever. I love that. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> when he actually said it, I was like, "Oh my god, they actually did it!" Oh, yep. I'm so happy. Yep, yep. And I'm glad they saved it, but 
I'm glad they saved it for the end because I didn't really like it thinking really back. No, no, no. I'm not. I'm. I'm. I'm this oh. is something else. Oh, okay. Um, uh, but Qui Gon, like oh, showing yeah. them in the way he did in waiting for it to be at the end of yeah. the show. Like thinking back, I'm happy because the whole time mm-hmm. I was like, when's when's Qui Gon gonna show up? When's he gonna show up? Yeah. You know. Because obviously Obi Wan's in need of some help. You know yeah. Qui Gon's out there watching because mm-hmm. you know he because he is. And right. um I just I'm glad they saved it to the end to where yes. Obi Wan made the progress himself and then yes. o- and then Qui Gon's like, Here, let me help you continue. Well he yeah, Obi Wan wasn't ready to actually, you know, see him because he was like we said before he was yep. not in a place to really be in touch with the force enough to actually be able to communicate with him. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I was pretty sure from the beginning they were going to show Quag and at least have his voice because at the very beginning when they did like that whole recap of basically the prequel trilogy as if we needed it, they definitely put in that scene where Yoda tells Obi-Wan that basically he's going to be able to contact Qui-Gon, and that Qui-Gon's a fourth ghost now. And I'm like, why would they specifically include that scene if they're not going to address it? And, you know, the fact that he was trying to communicate with Qui-Gon a couple of times at the beginning, I'm like, there's no way they're going to just, like, leave it at that, and if they do, I'm going to riot. You know, like, (laughs) I I, I was really hoping by the end that they would show him, and they did, which was, like, pretty much the last scene, which was a really good way to end it. And just, you know, have Liam Neeson back in, like, full, you know, Jedi garb. I was kind of expecting him, if it to just be a voice, but no, they actually showed him as a fourth ghost, and that was really great. Yeah. Yep. I think it was, too. And I'm curious to see, like, see, the thing is, it's like I said, like, the show connects the dots so well. Mm-hmm. But now it's just like it's like oh now I want to see them training and uh, right. Obi training right. Obi Wan and and you know but then it's like to what end? There's, well, there's still like nine years between. Well, so I was gonna bring this up. So I'm sure you've probably heard, but originally they were going to make a trilogy of Obi Wan movies. Okay. Um, and for some reason, I guess the Solo kind of put that on hold, which I like. I feel like Disney really and Lucasfilm really got the wrong message from Solo's underperformance. Because, um, like, yes. it's a pretty good movie, especially considering how troubled the production was. But, I enjoyed it. Yeah, like, I think the reason it underperformed was because, like, of the backlash from the sequels. And, like, it came out, like, six months after The Last Jedi, and so many people hated The Last Jedi. I don't think they were wanting to go see another, you know, Disney Star Wars movie. So it seems like the main things that... You want to know what I think? Yeah, what? I I think that... I think that played a part. But Mm -hmm. do you know what came out a week before? Um, I forgot. What? Infinity War. Infinity War? Yeah. Yes, it came came out... So the thing is... I forgot about that. Because, um... People are still going to see freaking Infinity War, like... (laughs) Yeah, because... So I think that played a lot in the actual financial um, issue. Because yes. Infinity War was I, I huge, like I'm like oh huge. insane, yeah. So it's like because I think um because Solo came out on May fourth, and I believe that yeah. it was April twenty seventh. Infinity War came out because they remember they they were gonna release it later and then brought it sooner, released it early, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. A- A- April twenty third, twenty eighteen. Okay, what was the original release date? It was supposed to be like the first weekend, first or second weekend in May. 
Okay, so they brought it forward on purpose. Yes, I'm yeah. sure they. I'm sure they did to not compete. Not, yeah, this is May tenth. I'm pretty sure it was supposed to come out on May tenth, originally, which is when Solo actually came out. Okay. Okay. So, so I, I think you're definitely right about that. Yeah. Yep. So that's because I remember thinking that back then, like when Solo had flopped, I was yeah. just like, yeah, but Infinity War came out that like, right, that right was... around the same like. Duh. <laughs> yeah. Don't really just postpone it three months. If you right. Make your exactly. Money. Bring it out in August or something. Um, yeah. Or bring it out earlier. Yeah. You know what I mean? That, that's true too. Wouldn't yeah, that been I... funny? Like they, they, they switched the date for Infinity War and then someone was like, yeah, well guess what? A week before that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Ex- yeah. Yeah. That would have, but uh, yeah, but for whatever reason, it seems like the, what Lucasfilm got out of that is one, not to recast older or not to recast, you know, the other characters with younger versions, which I don't think was, like, the main, like, any main problem with that movie. I, I, I don't think anybody, like, actively hates Alden Ehrenreich Ein- as Han. I thought he did a good job, and I think frickin', um, uh, what's his face? Glover, Donald Glover, mm-hmm. did a really good job as Lando. So that was not the problem. But for some reason, that's what, that's what Lucasfilm took away from that, and that's why they didn't cast somebody else as, or at least one of the big reasons why they didn't cast somebody else as, as Luke in The Mandalorian. Right. Um, which isn't really, I don't think, the lesson to learn from that. And I think also the what they got from that is that not to make any more movies anytime soon. So that's like a big reason why the Obi-Wan trilogy never went forward. Mm-hmm. But the Obi-Wan series itself was based off of the script for the first trilogy. So, um, this is, so the writer, um, of the Obi-Wan trilogy scripts, uh, Stuart Beatty, who is credited as, um, a writer for episodes one, two, and three, and Mm -hmm. and, and the season finale, because I'm pretty sure that's where they used most of that script in the series. Okay. Um, he said that when he, uh, this is a quote from him, um, Okay. So when I pitched my Obi-Wan story to Lucasfilm, I said, there's actually three stories here because there's three different evolutions that the character has to make in order to go from Obi-Wan to Ben. And the first one was the first movie, which was the show, which was surrender to the will of the force, transport your will, surrender your will, leave the kid alone. So that then the second movie was thinking about when Kenobi and en- where Kenobi ends up. And one of the most powerful and probably the most powerful moments in all of Obi-Wan's stories is that, is that moment where he sacrifices himself in A New Hope. Uh, and so basically, like the, that that trilogy was supposed to take him from you know the end of episode three all the way through to a new hope. Okay. So I feel like there is a possibility of making like two more seasons based off of those scripts because I don't remember all the details, but they were actually really interesting. You know, the that, first first I would movie be okay was, with that. Yeah, I think it would work well if they kind of incorporate like kind of like what they did with this series is incorporate the first script into a season. Um, yeah. Where, which I kind of, now that we've been talking about it, I kind of feel like the Obi-Wan series would have been better served as just a movie. Um, like, I, 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 I do kind of like the whole thing with, you know, having, you know, almost six hours of Obi-Wan content. Yeah. But at the same time, I feel like they definitely, it, 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 it dragged slightly, I would say. I feel like if it were just like a two and a half hour movie, it could have been a lot crisper. And like just kept all of the great stuff. Yeah. But at the same time, it's not a huge deal. I I do hope that they make you know at least one other season, if not two more, and basically make that 
you know, trilogy into three seasons. I would really enjoy that. I generally loved this show. Like, I yeah. generally loved it. Yeah. Like, either, like, like I said, there are very many low points for me throughout the show. Yeah. And I just... I feel like the it, highs are high enough that it doesn't really matter at the, at the end of the day. Oh, yeah. I got so much out of it. Mm-hmm. And that's when you're saying, like, if there's more seasons, like, but see, I'm like, I almost don't want it to happen. Sure. I don't know. I guess we'll see. I feel like the reaction to this series has been kind of mixed, which I feel like has kind of been with every single Star Wars project. Uh, really? Since... I, I was under the impression it was Besides like... the Mandalorian. Yeah, I, I was under the impression that it was uh, pretty well received. So... Yeah, well, I feel like there's been so many, like, haters out there that, and they're so vocal, it's kind of hard to tell what the actual reaction to this was. Fair. I think in general, people have been pleased with it, but, you know, fans are so picky about everything, mm-hmm. um, you know. Star Wars nerds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I, I feel like the only project that has gotten almost, uh, you know, unlimited praise has been the mandalorian yeah Um, i like the originality you know what i mean like yeah i yeah i i definitely do too it's really great i think i think his strong suit is that i mean it's strong suit in regards to fans is that it's familiar enough that fans aren't you know look i think one of the huge problems with the sequels is like there's so many new characters that people didn't really give a shit about um but with the mandalorian it's like similar enough you know we we know the mandalorians you know we know Django and boba fett it's similar enough to that but also with new characters and like cool cameos and stuff yeah it's like it's a new story just yeah it's and it's just of the universe it's separate mm-hmm. to the side which just nods to the greater universe right but i feel like every time star wars in recent years has tried to tackle anything with previously known and beloved characters they get like swarmed by angry fans um like sometimes for good reasons sometimes not so much like mm-hmm. even that one scene in the book of boba fett where luke you know has grogu choose between going back to uh dinjarin or continuing his training yeah it's like a swarm of people like luke would never do that all you know like okay oh i mean that seemed like a very luke thing to do but i just yeah i, mean, I don't generally it, i didn't like it but no, I didn't like it, but I mean, I, I I get it because you kind of have to devote yourself fully to the Jedi Order, you know, or to you know, becoming a Jedi. Yeah, you can't be split. It's got to be, and it's also got to be their choice. So I mean, it makes sense why Luke would do that. Yeah. But I just think nah, I, I'm. Yeah, I I kind of would have preferred him to make like Grogu to have, like continue to become a Jedi, but then again, he would have just gotten killed by Kylo Ren anyway. So yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> but yeah, yeah that is the episode uh thank you so much everyone for listening and uh be sure be sure to check bryce out on social media uh, was it at real stranger yes indeed check us out on social media you can check that out in the description and check out our U- youtube channel uh, casual comic fans and keep your eyes or i guess your ears peeled for future episodes and we'll see you next time bye-bye <laughs>